Welcome to Sales Tech Stars Sales Star Podcast. This is where we feature news, tips and insights on B2B sales. Happy to have you here. Stephanie Vandenberg, General Manager and SVP of Revenue and Growth at Verve Group, an omnichannel ad platform that connects advertisers, agencies, brands and publishers to people in real time, is here today to chat about a few media sales trends while sharing some tips on improving brand sales outcomes. Welcome to the Sales Star Podcast, Stephanie. We're super happy to have you here. Thank you for taking the time to participate today. We know it's a super busy day for you but we love hearing from sales leaders and thought leaders like you. So before we dive into the focus area of the conversation, we'd love it if you could take a few minutes to tell us about yourself, your sales journey through the years. We'd love to hear more about your role at Verve Group as well. Great. Yes. Thank you, Paroma. I'm very happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me to participate. So as a small young girl and growing up and being educated, I've always wanted to be in advertising and marketing. I was always drawn to the creative aspect of it and the art of persuasion. So I found myself going, studying advertising and communications in college, graduating and had the benefit of being able to do some internships while I was going to school, which helped me find my way. And when I did graduate from college, I had experience in the field, which helped me kind of step into bigger roles as a, versus coming out with no experience at all. But what I found is I was always drawn to the next generation of advertising and marketing. So not really what was existing as commonplace, but really drawn to the future. And so I found myself moving into the area of multimedia very early on. I moved to the Bay Area, Silicon Valley. After college, my first job which was with a company called the Soft Ad Group. And the Soft Ad Group essentially created websites and interactive marketing programs Before websites existed, we created custom software that was interactive across Apple, Macs, and Windows, DOS machines to give that interactive multimedia experience. And obviously, the internet exploded, and then websites did this, and the company moved on to develop websites. But that was kind of my first sales job and media where I was doing custom websites primarily for high-tech companies. And then one of the applications I came up with, the idea and the use case for the technology was selling interactive media kits to the publishing companies in the Bay Area. So the Zip Davises, CMP Medias, M&T Publishing. And through that journey, I was offered my first position in selling advertising, if you will, and publishing for a print magazine called Dr. Dobbs Journal, which was very much of a software developers publications. So I was again in the forefront of technology and advertising where I was selling to Microsoft when they had one building and why they were developing the whole technology prior to object-oriented programming and such and successful in selling kind of integrated marketing programs across that group of publications specific to technology. And then from there, I was hired to come on board with the initial launch team to bring Windows Magazine to market, which is when Windows as a technology platform was exploding, competed against the big publishing houses like Zip Davis and IDG, and then always was part of launching the next generation of media, if you will, in the sense of home PC magazine, where we were convincing marketers that every home would have a PC. So that was, if you think about that now, it's kind of silly because we all sit with about five or six devices in front of us with our mobile phone being 
the one most important. And then from there, I just kind of launched my career into publishing and we had the explosion of the internet. And then I moved into online or digital media, digital publishing, worked for CNET International, and then found myself moving from San Francisco to New York, to Madison Avenue, if you will, and then grew my career in ad networks and programmatic when that first came to market, which again was at the forefront of the industry. And then I went over to a company called Jiwire, which rebranded as a company called Night Decimal. And I was part of a team that actually grew or established what is the location-based marketing market and helped grow that, that business and that industry as thought leadership and brought some of the first to market foot traffic measurement products, as well as location-based audience targeting for media and mobile apps. And then actually worked on being able to take that concept and technology to taking those mobile audiences and making them portable across the other media channels. Then also looking at that data, that insights and data, and building out a visualization platform that changed the way that out-of-home agencies could actually do their media buying and planning for out-of-home. So I was fortunate enough to be part of that industry, worked in that market segment for 10 years. It's now become a table stake, if you will, within the overall marketing realm advertising and marketing and was grew that sales organization and then moved into a agency holding company partnership role where I drove bigger, larger preferred partnerships with the major agency holding companies to support their business as well as ours. And then I moved on to kind of the world of brand safety and suitability to scale my knowledge in the industry and understanding as well as relationships and moved on to a company called OpenSlate which was a preferred partner for brand safety and suitability on primarily social video, such as YouTube, partnered with TikTok, and expanded that to other social partners until I was recruited over to the Verve Group to run what is the first agency and brand-facing business for many of the companies that the Verve Group has acquired, which are global SSPs and DSPs bringing to market identity solutions as we see the cookie and the IDFAs go away in order to be a privacy centric industry. Absolutely. So this has been quite a diverse, quite an interesting journey as well. And I'm sure you've come away with a lot of learnings as well as observations over the years, seen a lot of market trends change as well as sales processes from the core. So as an established sales leader today and someone who's built a lot of processes from the ground up, and that also involves hiring a team, even structuring a team based on what a business needs in the near term or what they want to achieve in the long term. So what key takeaways have you come away that you'd like to talk about when it comes to building these core foundations? Oh, that's a big question. We could talk hours on that alone. I think when you look at building a sales team from the ground up, You really need to understand the product that you're bringing to market, the solution you're offering, and who the buyers are. And you need to map that back to the skill set of the type of person or people you're going to hire as you build a team. And I like to build a team that is very diversified on many fronts, obviously to the DE&I purpose as well, but also from a skill set. While they need to have the basic foundation skills to understand the product and solution you're bringing to market. And there's a match there. I like to hire people from different experience backgrounds that have found their way to the opportunity at hand and an interest in kind of becoming that next seller of whatever the solution you're bringing to market. So for example, here at Verve Group, we're an omni-channel 
platform with an end-to-end solution. We sell data and audience targeting in addition to a DSP. We're the fifth largest global exchange. So I'm and we sell mobile app, mobile desktop, desktop web, digital out of home, and connected TV. And our buyers, they are brand direct. So they're anyone from VPs of marketing, digital experts, programmatic experts to CMOs. On the agency front, we're talking to data insights and analytics folks. We're talking to strategists, media buyers, programmatic buyers. So you really, in my case, I need to find those unicorn type of sellers who are very experienced and the kind of the full breadth, if you will, of digital media and marketing and come and I look to people who, for this particular purpose, very consultative, problem solvers, good listeners. And I think in general, when I'm hiring any seller to build out a team, I prefer to hire people who are very good listeners, problem solvers, consultative, disciplined in their process, right? Because it, their market feedback and the conversations they have must be captured within a sound CRM system that you, in many cases, when you build a sales team, you start out from scratch and that CRM system becomes the brain, if you will, of your revenue growth and intelligence. And so it's important to have sellers who are disciplined and understand the importance of supporting that platform. And then I like to empower my team to be able to succeed and to feel supported with the right materials to succeed. But I also find it important to hire people who will also help me learn and teach me as I grow, because I feel like we can all learn from each other over time. Absolutely. It's always a give and take everywhere you go. And I'm sure like while building these processes over the years and also this diverse experience when it comes to hiring different kinds of people and forming sales teams, not just from the process level, but also at the hierarchy, the structural level, there are obviously certain kinds of tools besides CRMs that you've often relied on, as well as core sales strategies. So a lot of sales leaders we have spoken to on the podcast have often spoken about being more account-based focused or driving sales using certain channels that they look at as preferred mediums if they are in B2B, for example, or the few B2C sellers that we have spoken to. They'll talk about more direct selling approach or something that is very hyper-personalized. So everyone has this core strategy or these couple of strategies that they always like to have their team imbibe. And that sort of also becomes a framework for the brand as a whole. So take us through some of these that, you know, have been some of your go-to plans or go-to strategies that you've relied on, as well as a quick dive into the kind of core technologies that you've often used to enable all these efforts. Yeah, well, I think having a sound business plan and account planning process and strategy put in place is important. And that goes back to hiring people who can be disciplined. So you need a roadmap to your success. You need to map your opportunity. And then you need to be consistent in measuring how you're achieving those benchmarks or achieving your to your goals that you set on a quarterly basis. So I like to start with an annual plan, understanding an account base, your territory, mapping that tiered approach, which ones are your top prospects and your secondary prospects, and then following up on that and QBR. So every quarter regrouping, taking a look at, did I actually as a seller accomplish what I set out for that quarter to accomplish? Where was I successful? Where wasn't I? What do I need to adjust? What resources do I need that if I would have had, I could have been more successful? 
And what did I learn myself and how did I grow through that quarter and experience and provide that in a QBR with the sales leader? I think that's important as far as just organization focus and assessment and learning and growing. The other thing that I think is very important and as for the sellers that I've hired and the teams that I've built, particularly in the area of advertising and marketing, where your goal is to take the products you have and solve a problem, a business problem, a marketing problem. Always be solution-oriented. Always think and look through what you're saying and what you're bringing to the table through the eyes of your client. Client first is very important. And it's always something that I, it's a philosophy that I embed within my sales team. And I expect any type of communication, any even an email our presentation must provide value to the recipient and something of relevance. Absolutely. And in all of this, and given your diverse, the many years you spent, not just in one specific role or industry, but you've seen the whole journey, the trends when it comes to digital workplaces, as well as technologies evolve and change over the years. So, and now that we're sitting at a point where there's a lot of changes in the ad tech and the martech environment, as well as how modern day marketers and online advertisers, how they decide to sort of figure out what framework they're going to follow, what kind of targeted approach they should pursue, or basically what kind of channels as well as measurement tactics would be good for them. So with all these changes happening, with all these newer tools and features coming into the market, with a lot of changing consumer trends at the same time, it can be a little challenging for marketers and advertisers, digital marketers and online advertisers to not only understand what they can do better, but stay on top of all of this and then preempt what could be trend down the line so that they can plan their future campaigns accordingly. So when it comes to this evolution that we see every day, there's always something new happening every day. What are some of the thoughts that you have or even some tips when it comes to advertising and media sales? As of March 2020, we saw a big shift where we were no longer going to the agencies and being in the offices and presenting in front of large groups of people where we could educate and create relationships and have more face time. We were forced to all of a sudden be virtual and on Zoom, right? So that meant your approach and your preparation needed had to shift pretty quickly. You had to be much more cognizant of a like a 10-minute, maybe if you had a 30-minute window, 10 of that you would want to have questions, dialogue with your prospect, and then you would be able to need to take that information and pretty quickly apply that in real time to the value proposition you were bringing to that particular marketing and brand based on the information they just shared with you, in addition to what you might have done earlier to prep. And then you, so 10 minutes to tell your story, to get interest, and then 10 minutes for Q&A at the end and a wrap-up and next steps. If you didn't grab the attention or show value within that 30-minute, likely 10 minutes you had their attention on screen, you were very unlikely to move an opportunity forward. So I think just the conciseness and preparation being virtual versus being in person shifted the needs and how a seller needed could be successful. I think in addition to that, it's very difficult as a bringing a new product to market or a new company to market where with Verve Group, we're coming into the U.S., we're working with presenting to North American agencies and brands. They don't know who we are. We're not a known entity. And so sellers who have 
existing relationships, relationships built on trust is very important to hire and build a team in that aspect. I think being able to provide the technology to make them successful from where we use Gong, for instance, where we can record meetings, and that's also an analytics platform for marketing to identify trends and objections we may be getting in the field or just trends and the conversations around the meetings is important for the seller to listen to their meetings to see what they can do better and self-training as well as marketing to get the analytics to continue to update and transform our messaging and better supply the sellers with any type of marketing materials they need to continue to sell the product successfully. Absolutely, Stephanie. I think this was a very interesting chat. And like you said, there are a couple of areas that you think we could spend hours discussing tips, trends, and best practices on. So we'll definitely have you back again soon. Maybe break those ideas down into a couple of series. But for today's conversation, we appreciate all that you've shared with our audience and the time that you've taken to be here today. We thank you for that. Thank you. Thanks for having me.